0: And I see that is probably one of the biggest things I see in men is this spiritual passivity
1: and refusing to be the head of the household and refusing to be the man. Hey, guys, you're listening to the Reign in Life podcast, a movement for all men to rise up and take hold of their identities in Christ. Gentlemen, welcome to the Reign in Life podcast. I am joined by Mike Sehan, I said that right? Correct, Sehan. Sehan, yeah. you see, I, I got. But check. you heard, you heard Pastor Nick say it. Sehan, huh? yeah. <laughs> so maybe I'm just primed for it. That's so, all right, uh, Mike. I think that Nick, uh, Pastor Nick, kind of gave me a quick rundown of what you've done, and you just sounded like a beast like a warrior in the to, spirit. I love to hear what he said. <laughs> it's all good stuff. Yeah. Uh, just about you just being painted up like Rambo, going through the jungles. Oh, you man. were carrying an AK. Yeah. Is that true? Oh uh, man, I can't
0: believe he, he told everybody <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, Mike, but we spent some time in the jungles, yeah. yeah.
1: I want to, we want to hear about that, Mike. Real quick though, if you had an entrance song, what is it? You're walking into a room, what's your entrance song? <sighs> Interest. So, oh, God, I never thought about anything like that.
0: <laughs> um, take my life and let it be Take my consecrated
1: life consecrated. Okay. Unto the nice. It's I like that. All right. Well, I feel, yeah, I'm old school, little, man. I feel a little bad minds. Like here I am. Rocky like a hurricane. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So mm. Mike, you were just telling me before you were 20 years old when you felt like the Lord was speaking to you about going to yeah. the nations. Early, and, early twenties. uh
0: Yeah. Not too long after I got saved. Okay. I, um, just in one of those times in prayer, uh, I, um, you know, when you are just kind of waiting before the Lord, you've done all the talking and now you're waiting for him to talk back. And it was just one of those times when I felt like the Lord, uh, spoke to me and said, um, I have called you to the nations. And so, um, that was, um, something that stuck with me and I realized it was God, but, uh, it was a very, very real thing. Um, I guarded it in my, in my heart. I kept it there. Yeah. Prayed over it. I think my first instinct, like we talked about was to, uh, probably need to do something with this, run with it. Uh, So you
1: packed up your family and you left, right? No,
0: no, no. I, uh, (laughs) thank God I got a wife, uh, at the time I've got little kids and, um, um, my wife was always the, uh, the one that tempered my, uh, my it's always ambition. Good. Yeah. It's yeah. It was good to, to, to just run with things. But, uh, but in the beginning, I think I held it for a long time before I even said anything to her because, I knew I hadn't been saved very long and and I hadn't an, enough sense uh, with talking to pastors, other sure. pastors that, you know, generally when God speaks something to you like that, you need to spend, you need to bathe it in prayer. You need to spend time with God. You need to watch it kind of grow and, right. and come to fruition. So uh, when I finally did go to my pastor about it, um, I think we were talking about this. Um, I had already spent several years now at this time where I was teaching In the church, Uh, we were doing uh, work with the Salvation Army. We was doing radio ministry. We had been doing youth ministry, children's ministry, um, outreaches, evangelism. Uh, I had um, helped start a prison ministry that we were involved in. Um, So doing services on Friday nights for, I mean, Saturday nights for uh, inmates and that sort of thing. So um, the Lord brought us through a path that I think actually was all part of the equipping because it gave us the opportunity to put our hands in a little bit of everything, right? Because when you're going to go to a foreign field, I mean, basically what you're doing is you're going down there starting from zero. Absolutely. And so you need to know a little bit about, uh, children's ministry. You need to know a little bit about, uh, youth ministry. You need to know a little bit about worship. You need to know a little bit about preaching and teaching and evangelism and counseling and all these things. So, uh, I think it was all just a process, right. you know, that God used to uh, equip us for that.
1: Right. Mike, that reminds me of two things in Proverbs 30. It says that under three things, a kingdom will fall under four. It will crumble. And um, it says when a slave becomes a king. And that right there rocks me because I'm thinking, OK, OK. Um, I know my background. I came from the slums of Dominican Republic, Mm -hmm. um, and I know exactly what that looks like Mm -hmm. when somebody with a slave mindset Mm -hmm. gets a hand on King's money. Yeah. Okay. So my first time of making a steady paycheck in the Marine Corps, I'm like, I'm no longer, you know, this isn't Kansas anymore. I am now... I'm a full grown man. I'm going to give myself a $12,000 worth of debt, you know, because that's what the slave mindset says. So just applying that in the spirit, when a slave, a man who's not really in full connection and relationship with God becomes Mm -hmm. a king, a kingdom crumbles. And I I hear that a lot in what you're saying, because again, it points to Moses. Mm -hmm. Moses was, he, he was spoken I'm sorry, Lord, the Lord spoke to him about what he was going to do. Right. But he didn't go and ahead and do that the next day, the next week or the next month. There was, there was this waiting period of 40, 40 years. years. That's right. Right. And so we kind of just read it in the Bible as something that just happens in the next chapter. Right. But the in between in the wait, we right. don't really get to see it. you. can only kind of picture it or try to. Yeah. And I think that's where the refining
0: process is where, where, um, you know, it's not only the, you know, God gives you the ability, you know, people have innate abilities. Some people are musically inclined, whatever, you know, and I think when God calls you to preach or teach, it's something he's already put within you, but just like learning to play an instrument, you still have to refine those. Right. You can't, you know, especially with the background that, you know, with the drugs and the alcohol and everything that I was in, we had our own language for sure. Yeah. Uh, and so um, I think that that season in in the wilderness, if you will, a lot of times people may see that waiting period of time, especially a man, that that is a waste of time. Right. But that is probably the most important time that you can spend with God, because out of the preparation uh, will come the fruit that God wants you to bear. And if you haven't done the correct preparation, I think you hinder the fruit on the back end. And so being willing to wait on God and, and being willing to let God put you through the fire. And 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 uh, deliver you from those bad habits, like, hey, I got money now. Let me go see if I can get in trouble with this, exactly. you know, and that sort of thing. So it's it's in that that because God doesn't doesn't want us just to teach and preach, but He wants us to model. Yes, you know, um, especially as men, uh, I think that's uh, probably one of the biggest things men need, especially here in our nation. Our nation now, uh, no one knows what a man it's supposed to look like anymore because we in our nation, I mean, Hey, if you're 18, you're a man, right. Right. You join the military. You don't have to get anybody else sign your papers for you. Figure it out. Yeah. You can go to store, buy whatever you want, whether it's alcohol, cigarettes, you know, anything. And so we just put an age on it. But, uh, even today in our meeting, we was talking about, you know, Paul said that, uh, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I thought as a child and I did all these things. But when I became a man, he says, I put away childish things. And so, There was a time of uh, definite decision making. Yes. And so I think a man becomes a man when he begins to assume responsibility. That's it. And it's that moment in time where he says, you know what? I used to do things this way. But I don't do that anymore. Right. I made a, There was a moment in time where I made a decision that I refused to do that anymore. Yes. And that's where you begin to assume responsibility for the consequences that you live in now. And so I think that's one of the things that's missing in 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 the in American culture, especially in, in masculinity. And uh, I don't know so many people trying to feminize it now. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And thank you for going there. And honestly, if nobody else gets anything from this, I feel like this is directed towards me just because I had to go, I felt like I had to go figure it out on my own, go figure Mm -hmm. out what being a man was. Uh, I didn't have a a present stepfather in the picture. My father was definitely not in the picture. If anything, the story um, that I was retelling myself was that I needed to do what society was telling me was manly, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go and find it in women. I'm going to find it in sports or activities. I'm going to find this, find that. Um, but all I found was a more broken version of myself really exactly. at the end of it yeah. all. Um, yeah. But I, I hear you saying that when, when there's men around you uh, that can show you the ways of a man, you're, you're actually empowered to grow in the Lord. And, right. and I see that. I see that now as I surround myself with more godly men, because even, you know, everything that you're speaking on about having to wait on the Lord, that is not something that comes to me naturally, right? right? So I, I'm one of those guys that if I hear the Lord is speaking something, I'm like visionary, let's do this. God, um, I don't want to be late, right? Right, I'm always thinking that it's now's the time. Today's the day. If I don't do it today, you know, I'm going to miss my opportunity, right? And maybe that's the lie that I believe in. And I believe many guys get trapped in that. What, what right. You well, that? Because
0: you hear the what and we want to be obedient to God. But even with the what, you need to know the when, the how. Wow. The where. Right. You know, because like us going to South America, uh, we were talking about this. You can't just, okay, we're going to South America. I mean, how are you going to pay bills? Because right. no matter where you live in the world, you got to pay rent. Yes. Unless you're going to buy a place. Uh, you've got to buy groceries even if you go out there and kill it yourself and, and bring it home, you know, <laughs> right. but, but all these things. And uh, so, you know, how are you going to finance that thing? So God always has a plan. And I think when he gives us the first word is the, what, this is what I want you to do okay. is to provoke us to seek him mm. so that we can say, okay, God, I want to, I'm in agreement. Yeah, let's do this. So how do I get started? What kind of resources do I need? where do you want me to do this? I mean, just anywhere. Right. Or is there a specific place? Uh, and, and I think in that seeking is where God begins to say, okay, this is what I want you to do next. This is how we're going to do it. This is how you're going to prepare for it. Um, to me, this is something God has taught me is that preparation is the evidence that you believe God is going to do something. Yeah if you're not willing to do the preparation, then that tells me your faith is not really all there Yeah, because you can talk about it forever and say, well, one day God's going to do this. I know when we were going to South America, for instance, uh, there was another brother I knew I'm not going to use his name or anything. This was a long time ago. It doesn't matter. But he said, great man. God has called my wife and I uh, to Scotland. I think it was at the time. And I said, man, that is awesome. So, um, we had, we talked and we fellowshipped and we went our separate ways i had spent the next year traveling to different churches different states in the united states uh presenting our vision raising support finances all the things that we thought we needed and i happened to run into him oh i don't know 6 8 months later in that one year process and i saw him at a missions conference man and i was excited well well how you doing man scotland yeah <laughs> i'm like what's up how's that going for you well, man, we're just waiting on God. And I'm like, well, didn't you tell me God called you? Yeah, so we're waiting on God. Well, I said, what are you doing to prepare for that? What, what have you done since then to demonstrate my actions? Say, I have faith in what God is going to do. Because that's what James talks about when he talks about uh, faith and action. It's not, yes. that, it's not that the actions, do anything for us, but it's simply saying, God, I, I believe you enough to step out in this. Thing. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, I think that's, I think that was a big thing for us. Uh, kind of lost my train of thought there on, on everything we were talking about. Uh, but you, you talk, talking about as a young man, you know, I think one of the things, one of the, the, the biggest needs we have In America, or one of the biggest uh, detriments we have to young males in our society is what I call the absentee father. Sure, Um, because uh, they're absent, uh, um, doing their own things, and spend instead of being with their sons and daughters. But what has really uh, gotten my attention even more is that I see it in the churches, where uh, dads basically turn the uh, the church you know, this is church stuff. So mom, won't you take care of that? Yeah. And they'll put it on the wife, they'll put it on the mom. And we were here and you were here last night when we was doing the men thing, you know, and we was looking at uh, Genesis where we looked at Adam and Eve and what was going on there. And I was telling uh, Pastor Nick that one of the things that I know that that passage spoke to me was not just this, not just that they, they sinned in disobedience, but Adam was passive. It was mm-hmm. his passivity. And instead of being, because he basically ceded his authority. Yes. Is what he did. God now. had put him in charge. Yes. Of the garden, of every, all the animals, even authority over his wife. And he ceded that. Yes. And, he, and, and I see that is probably one of the biggest things I see in men is this spiritual passivity. And refusing to be the head of the household and refusing to be the man. And say, you know what? I'm going to take charge of my family. I'm going to make sure my kids get in church. I'm going to make sure they understand the Bible. We're going to talk about the Bible. Right. And being that kind of man, and and giving uh, young men a foundation in their lives, and sure, it includes all the other things that men and sons should do together—the fishing, the camping, all the fun stuff. Right. But but you can you can do all that and still neglect the most important. You know, the um, the Gospel of Luke. Uh, Luke wrote, and he talks about Jesus. Uh, he grew and. And and stature and wisdom and in favor with God. Right. And it talks about the three areas that men basically need to grow in. And, you know, the stature, the physical aspect, most of us like that because we like to work out. We like sports. We like activities. And so we don't really neglect that. And so you may be doing good on that end. um, But it also talks about the educational. Yeah. I think men ought to become Renaissance men. Where we're always learning something, so good. We're always reading books. I challenge men read 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 at least a book a month. Yeah, yeah. grab a book uh, here at uh, Meet and Mentor. We've got books they can come check out. There's a plug for Jason and Lindsay. There you go. Uh, but you can check out a free book. You know, but go to. I mean, learn something. Even if you don't want to do that as a career, be proficient in it, in it. Uh, learn about business. Learn about history. Learn about sciences. Uh, educate yourself. Uh, be a renaissance man. Make an impact. Make a difference in the life of your kids and in your community. But it also says that he grew in favor with God, and so that's the most important one. Yeah, is that as men we need to grow spiritually, and see that never happens happens by itself. Right. It always happens when we make when we choose intentionally that we're going to do this. Wow. I will read my Bible today. Do I feel like it? Not always. Yeah. But I know I need to. And so I'm going to read it. What regards, I'm going to pray and spend time in God's presence because I know when I am in his presence, um, that's where I get freedom from all these other things that, that want to try to tie me up. Yeah. And, and set, you know, get me distracted or get me involved in stuff that that really is not going to matter in 100 years from now anyway. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, to grow spiritually and to be the, the uh, and, and retake that authority that God has given us as men and be the spiritual heads of our house and uh, be the ones to make sure that my kids know God and that uh, they're going to meet me there. Yes. I don't want to get into eternity and find out my kids don't meet me there. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and 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 making the decisions that are needed in the household and not sloughing it off on the wife right you know so many men nowadays they babysit but they don't really parent mm. and so there's a huge difference so anyway i said all that to say this is that that's probably one of the biggest needs i see in our society today is that men have basically sloughed off their responsibilities and it and it has affected
1: the next gener- generation of young right. men coming up, right? I have a. Am I talking too much? No, no, okay. no. That's perfect. Okay. I, it's, I would, I love hearing this. Right? This is just wisdom that you're passing on, and it's amazing. I'm grateful for it. Uh, this reminds me of a recent uh, message that I was listening to, and I'm going to chop this up because I don't remember the specifics. But the the uh, idea of it is all the same. There was a problem that they were having in a park in. Africa. Know uh, where the story. The, you know the story. Yeah, well, you could, it, but you, they need to hear it. Would you be able to tell no, it a little ahead, bit better? Go ahead. Uh, and w- from what I understand, there was some there was a population of elephants that was mm-hmm. overpopulating for the area, so they needed to m- remove some of the elephants and put them in another area. Mm-hmm. Well, when they went to go hoist them up via helicopter, right? Because UPS doesn't have a way of <laughs> moving, yeah, shipping moving elephants, uh, yeah. elephants. So they were hoisting them up uh, via helicopters. They noticed that the the bigger males would break the slings. So what do we do? Let's try to, okay, we got females, we got enough females. Okay, so now we've got the young ones. Hey, they notice up up on the other place where we're relocating them to, there's enough males there and enough females, so we're okay. What ends up happening is a short time goes by and they realize that there is a spike in the death of other animals in the area that really it has no connection to the elephants mm-hmm. until somebody realized that the elephant, the young male elephants were attacking, um, these animals. Mm-hmm. And so do I have it correct so mm-hmm. far? Awesome. Yeah. yeah. A so, good job. They started to, um, uh, try to plan. What is it that they're going to do? What's going to happen? They finally brought over some of the male elephants, mm-hmm. the older male elephants from the first reservation brought them to the second location. And those young males that were running amok, Right. They didn't mm-hmm. understand that this wasn't a natural prey for them or that this wasn't a danger for them. Right. They shouldn't be attacking them. Uh, within a short time, That's they, right. that all stopped. That's right. It all got re-leveled again. It's because of the presence of an older male yeah. in the yeah. clan. And you
0: need, as, as men, we need models. Uh, Paul wrote to uh, young Timothy and others. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. Mm. Imitate me as I imitate God. And so we need role models. And, and that, is, uh, that is something that is serious, lacking in our nation. Uh, again, I challenge the other men in the churches that that is probably one of your, your primary roles is to help young men to come up. They need fathers in the faith. Right. There's not many fathers in the faith. Right. Like Paul wrote, he says, you've got many teachers among you, but not many fathers. Wow. And so, you know, teaching is just passing on information. I can pass information on to you. And go on about my merry way and I've done my job. But fathering is when I make sure you understand how that information is applied. Yes. And even walk with you to see that it's applied correctly. Right. And to give you counsel along the way. And say, well, you know, you got the general idea, but you might want to think about doing this. Yes. Or you might want to try this instead. Yeah. Uh, Because I see your heart's right in it. You're just kind of stumbling along. And so... You know, anybody can be a teacher because if you're you're teaching somebody something, it can be anything. You're just passing that information along. Yes. But uh, we don't have many fathers. And I think that's something the church uh, needs. I know even coming up in the faith, uh, I didn't have many fathers in the faith uh, that I really considered a father. And when I was in Peru, South America, even with the pastors that we worked with, many of them would come to me and say, you know, we need we need a father in the Mm -hmm. faith. We need somebody that can walk with us. Uh, and 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 help us to understand these things because um, we don't have that. Yes. And so as men, we need that. I need it. Uh, you need it. All men need that, regardless how old we are or how young we are. Uh, we need others to speak into our lives and then to model it and, and show us the correct way to do this. Uh, because what will happen if we don't? Uh, we have a tendency to get
1: destructive. that's it,
0: and that's what was that's happening like with these young elephants. These young elephants as men will do the same thing It may not be literally tearing up you know buildings or houses, but we destroy families absolutely. We destroy relationships because we don't know how to do it right
1: uh, careers, yeah, 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 everything that winds up in our hands, we break it right. Mike, I, lo- I love the conversation. Um, before we move on to the next episode, I want to hear a bunch of the stories of, of you rolling through the jungles of Peru, oh, but uh, real quick, I'm going to hit you with the fire round. All right. Here's a couple questions. You got to answer them as fast as you can and as honest I'm as you try. can. All I'm right. Here try. we go. The worst job you've ever had. Um, I worked at a waterbed company. Waterbed company.
0: <laughs> I worked in the warehouse. Totally irrelevant now. Yeah. At least I think. Yeah. Uh, do you think people still use them? No.
1: Yeah, okay. Moving on. <laughs> Let me know I if am. you sleep in a That's water how old bed. I am. Yeah. <laughs> Favorite non-Christian book?
0: Favorite non-Christian book. Uh,
1: John Maxwell's uh, 21 Laws of Leadership. Nice, nice. I love John Maxwell. Least favorite food? Anchovies. Wow. Nobody's supposed to eat those, bro. Really? And you definitely don't put fish on a pizza. Oh, come on. <laughs> 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 Most impactful teacher or pastor, in your opinion? Uh for me personally. Yes. Um oh
0: uh, John Piper. John Piper. Very good. What's your love language? My love language is uh I like to give. Okay. I'm a giver.
1: Nice. Yeah. Nice. And what is in your pocket?
0: <laughs> Keys.
1: Keys. Any cash? No. Do you carry cash anymore? I keep $5 in my wallet. Five bucks. Right. Yeah, I've it. been trying. I really have tried. I'm yeah. like, I'm going to make it a habit to keep yeah. cash on me. And I, yeah. I just always I keep, end up spending it at Dunkin'. Yeah, I <laughs> keep, uh, I keep, I keep about five bucks on me at any okay amount of time, but, but no change. Just yeah, keys. Just keys. Yeah. All right. Well, Mike, uh, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. Um, it, this was amazing. Just hearing everything you had to say about us needing those men, those godly figures in our lives to be able to lead us into our calling, into our passions and whatever it is that the Lord is planning in our hearts. And in this next episode, I want to capture that thing that the Lord put on your heart in your early 20s that you actually didn't get to until you had preteens and and, and then a younger son um, at that point. So uh, with that, guys, thank you for watching. If you want to go ahead and check us out at IReignInLife.com, there you'll be able to find more resources, podcasts, videos and uh yeah we'll meet you there let's continue the conversation thanks for watching guys thank you so much for tuning in we hope that you enjoyed this episode of the rain in life podcast let's continue the conversation over at iRaininLife.com. there you'll find videos podcast episodes and other resources that will help you reign in life until then continue to march